This is Femi D Live. Nothing breaks the news like the news. Trust me, I can prove it. I'm ready. Let's take on the biggest debates on radio, provide insights, experience, and build an unforgettable discussion together. I am Femi D. Amelie. Let's talk with Femi D Live is on. Thanks for joining in and welcome to the show today. I'm Femi D. Amelin. Well, let's take a look at some of the critical things that happened in the country. Now, I'm not interested per se in the day-to-day events today, not in this very edition of this podcast. We can always deal with the news as it happens day-to-day. Uh, who likes the Inspector General of Police? Who doesn't like the Inspector General of Police? No vote of confidence, no vote of confidence. Well, even the people voting for confidence, one way or the other, you're wondering if you're confident enough about their vote. Anyway, that's another tale for another day. But do you know what? In the course of this very week, I have come to reflect very carefully, and I say this very clearly to you, reflect very carefully about the decades that we've had in Nigeria, wind down from 1960 all the way down to now. But if you were peradventure the guy that would like to stop somewhere in the 80s, 90s, the 2000 and now the 2008 decade, there's so much to really reflect on in terms of what has really happened to the people. Guess what? So every four years from 1999, we've had elections coming and going. New governors, new presidents, new senators, new representatives. And well, Nigerians in their numbers often depend on these guys. And I say these guys, I'm trying to make them as simple as one can reflect on. We depend on these guys uh, to make laws, to bring ideas that would take the ordinary man or any other man in Nigerian citizen out of poverty and put them in the place where they're happy uh, where they're cheerful where they have it all figured out that that's usually the plan so this four year comes around i look at the candidate i look at his disposition i look at all the things he's saying about what he's going to do and for some reason i'm starting to subscribe to that i'm starting to buy that but guess what four year goes away and then another four years and then another four years and you start to ask yourself did you adventure experience a measure of increase in your life did you peradventure experience a measure of multiplication it's almost sad in nigeria where what what you know that phrase we grew up with where they say oh the poor are getting poorer and the rich is getting richer it's true don't let anybody lie to you it's the very truth that has come to define where we find ourselves in democracy even now now um, today, I just really feel like reflecting on a little bit on the 90s. And, and I tell you about this because the 90s is really, it's, it's almost vivid in my head. I remember late in the evenings, we sit down. My, my dad's friends come around and they start to talk about politics. And they go, oh, this guy is good. His plan is this, his dad. If just MKO could enter, you know, Kudirat is the type of wife you should marry that will support your ambition, will do anything. And by the way, Kudirat Abiola was just celebrated uh, some days ago, if not today, uh, the memory of, of her passing. You know, she was assassinated. For those who know, don't know Kudirat Abiola, millennials, forgive me, but do a little bit of research. 
you will come to know the lady called Kudirata Biola soon enough and what she really stood for. Okay, back to the story. Now, my dad's friends, they just hang around and my responsibility, make sure there is hot water for tea. Mm-hmm, yeah, big man job. If you want to stay up late, you have to be around to do some things for my folks. Uh, there's tea, there's lemon for you to squeeze and there's sugar. And in case somebody decides to train on something, you're always within reach to send to the malam. Mm-hmm. That's always the simple plan. Now, so they sit around and start talking about politicians and examine the day-to-day activities of these politicians and how it affects their lives. Let me, let me make this clearly and emphasize how the daily activities of leaders, politicians, and governors, whatever you want to name them um, to be, whether a military dictator or anything else, how their decisions affect their lives. Of good interest is, I remember one time uh, during the Abacha era, there was this moment where there was this scarcity of resources, whether I suction or something. Anyway, we ended up in that moment going around what you call the Abacha stove. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure somebody remembers that. The Abacha stove, just that small 4-liter paint container, you get some sawdust. Now, sawdust became really scarce. Sawdust is what you get from the carpenter and you, you put it in uh, inside this paint container and you lit it up with fat, will lead to kerosene. I must insist, my mom would smack you if you pour too much kerosene in it because it was expensive. So, lead to kerosene, you put in the fire and voila, after one hour, maybe four cups of rice will be done. One hour, yes, rice, because it was really not burning that fast. But if you're going to eat at 9 p.m., you should start cooking by some, sometime around 7 p.m. The scarcity was intense, mad, and we all learned how to be friends with the carpenter. We all learned how to discover where the carpenter was. We all learned how to go to the dump site to pack sawdust in order for Momsi to cook. I call her Momsi and until now she doesn't agree that she's Momsi. She likes the word mommy. Sir, okay, so we have that situation going on. And our folks, my dad and his friends, will come back to say it's intense, it's terrible. If only we could change this government, if only we could change this leader, things would be better. Guess what? We've changed many leaders many, many years after. And it looks like they are cut from the same cloth over and over again. And now, I have a theory, which I, I wonder if you agree with me. Are we in a situation where we have weaponized poverty? Weaponized poverty. It, it's really thrilling. Think about this. When we were younger, there was, there was that moment when you hear in economics, there was the teaching about um, middle class. I don't know if anybody ever caught up with that. There was this teaching about the middle class. Guess what? I doubt if that is in practice anytime soon, not even now. Middle class. I don't know if that exists anymore, anywhere in Nigeria. Because now it's about the poor guys and the rich guys. The rich guys are the guys that EFCCIC. In fact, if EFCCICPC goes after the poor guy, the poor guy comes after EFCCICPC for saying, why go after the poor guy? The guy is just trying to yahoo the world in order for him to feel good. Go after the big guys. That's the reality we find ourselves. So, are we in a situation where it looks like um, we're in a, some sort of weaponized poverty? And, and I'm really intrigued about this. Do we hold our government so much accountable in such level of esteem that it started to trouble anyone about what we have done and what we are getting done? Who is really responsible for things? Okay, so guess what so if you think you don't agree with me i'm going to read out a little bit of the pattern uh that was deduced somewhere in 
Venezuela, Venezuela, yes, not too long ago. So you have a situation where in Venezuela now that about 90%, mark these numbers now, this 90% of the population, they don't have enough money to purchase food. According to a nationwide survey done, and I won't believe good guys did the counting here, and that in fact they eat less than three times, which is exactly what the doctor says, it's three times. We never do, we never do that anymore. Um, and more than half of them have lost weight. So you actually, you really can find fat people, forgive my language, people on the plus side. How does that sound? People on the plus side in Venezuela. In fact, most people are below the 24 pounds um, in terms of size. Well, income related poverty, big time. So guess what? So you have a situation where they have the hyperinflation in Venezuela. 60% in extreme poverty, nobody's doing good, everybody's just crying foul, oh, the government this, the government that, and nobody's really just cheering on and saying all things are good. Now, if I, I like to play with numbers, do you know how bad this is? Now, one of the things that have been very difficult to define in whether economics or in sociology or in politics is how do you define poverty i i, I look around i ask anka or i ask brown what is poverty right now they'll tell you oh yes it's when the uh, poor man you know poverty is so interesting and easy to define when you don't have to use it yourself as the subject of definition i look at somebody on the street a poor man a beggar and i say oh that guy is poor and he looks around himself and says be poor the next guy is poorer than i am that's the reality but if you were to put yourself as a subject to define poverty are you poor are you poor in the nigeria of today are you the middle class if there's some the ghost middle class are you rich or oh, that's a dangerous thing to say because of well if you've committed a crime but then are you rich or are you poor think of yourself as a subject in the nigeria of today the 2018 nigerian are you rich or are you poor if you're the subject do you know how difficult it is to define uh, the concept of poverty right now? So somewhere in there, there were some intense arguments among some scholars about, hey, how well do you define poverty? Some say it's it has different dimensions. The deprivation uh, that relates to the likes of human capability, consumption of food, security, health, education, right voice, security, dignity. You name all the rights that they ex that exist possibly. So why that contest us regards looking around you what you have and don't have determines whether you're poor then there's the other part about whether you agree that with what you have around you makes you poor or doesn't make you poor so think about it very carefully now is it really difficult to measure right now as you are if you're poor are you riding your car or is your car riding you <laughs> i like that one are you riding your car or is your car riding you you know, does this part about the social policies under the present administration they came up with? And oh yes, guys, we we know you're 180 million. We know there are poor people in the society. We're gonna give everybody. Okay, let me rephrase now. We're gonna give majority of you 5,000 naira. I remember that social policy. It was one of the most interesting, vague, and unattainable heights. If there's anything to go by. And I remember when President Buhari talked about that, he said, well, I cannot come and deny it because my vice president has said so. I remember that very dis discussion. Uh, that was about the only press party has ever granted in, since coming to power. So you have that going on. The 5,000, the 50K, no, um, no interest rate um, loan, 50K loan. And then you have the unemployment numbers that promise to go down. But where are we? 
guess what? Do you know that it's so difficult that if you have the leader of a family educated, it's very likely that the income of the family is a little bit it's it's a little bit better. Let me put it to you in numbers. They say poverty indices, the way it's defined now, that 0.69, um, and then the lowest, that's the highest, is 0.69, the lowest being 0.31. That if you have a household that is being headed by a person within the age of 61 to 80, and then 21 to 40 years, respectively. So you know that, hey, you guys are poor. If you have somebody between 61 to 80, still trying to feed everybody in the house, and then 21 to 40, if the lowest is 0.31. Now, it also showed that, hey, the more educated, um, the increase in the household size, for those of you who like to give back to kids every year, Take note of this. Um, with the increase in the level of the of education, the farm size, and the non-farming jobs, it's literally determined how rich you are or how rich people in your household will be. I I'm wondering if you are. Have you ever seen the guy who uh, who has a job that is earning him thirty thousand naira or eighteen thousand naira, which is the minimum wage, with six kids, and can say he is sanely rich? It's practically impossible. It's really, really impossible when you think about uh, where we find ourselves in this. Now, it's so bad. <sighs> Non-poor. In the 80s, it was described that if you're poor, on a scale of 1 to 100, or let's use percentage. Hey, in the 1980s, you had numbers as, oh, well, you had 72.8%, maybe possibly poor. Um, that's the Nigerian living standard then. You had 72.8 people who were non-poor. That is Averagely, nobody was poor. We're all cool. 72% plus of people who lived in 1980 precisely uh, were not poor. Then they were moderately poor. Uh, there were people who were 21% moderately poor and then extremely poor at the time is 6.2. Now, yeah, I'm going to go through some years very quickly. In 1985, the extremely poor were 12%. In 1992, they were 13.9. In 1996, they were 29.3. In 2004, 22%. 2000, which is eight years ago, is 38.7. Now, if eight years ago, about close to 40% of people in Nigeria were poor, extremely poor, and I use this word correctly now, extremely poor. If close to 40% were extremely poor eight years ago, what do you think the number is now? Is it possible to just think and say that more than half the Nigerian population is now in a state of being poor either because they're internally displaced in Benway state and by the way i saw one gross video today and i call it gross because i can't believe uh, that's that's how evil the poverty mentality has come upon us we, poverty has become a weapon to cub to cub us it's 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 almost like you give the guy a br just bread and he's all over the place um a certain tractor was released to a community in Benway state earlier this week and much of the drama around it is the people in that community came out cheering and playing drums and singing because they have a tractor. They have a tractor on the farmland. I mean, I really don't understand that anymore. Clapping and singing. I wasn't sure whether it was the guy riding the tractor that they were clapping for, but it looked like the, the fact that they have now finally acquired some level of communal gifts is a celebration. What are we getting that is going to be the communal gift? When election comes around, when they give you 2,000, 5,000 for you to vote accordingly, would you be celebrating that the candidate is the leading candidate or is the winning candidate? It's like it's typically like trying to scoop an ocean, 
saying, hey, ocean, you breached our contract. So I'm going to scoop out all the water from this ocean and go all the way. We're, in in, we're practically in injury time when it comes to the election. Yeah, this is the night of the election. Injury time. Time is closing in. Nobody is saying anything that makes some level of sense. It's as bad as when you think about the Nigerian currency. Do you know how much one rand of South Africa is to the Naira now? 28.22 Naira. That's 28, 28 Naira, 22 Koba. Angola currency, one Kwaza is 151 Naira. Botswana, one Pula will give you 36 Naira. One Escudo of um, Cape Verde. Yeah, the Cape Verde that we're all kind of saying, poor, oh my dear, poor, poor African country. Cape Verde still has a better currency than us because one uh, escudo will give you three naira it's one cobble algeria one dina is three naira um egypt one pound that's 20 naira and ethiopia one prayer is 13 naira so and then ghana city by the way which i can't even believe this we used to make fun of ghana currency one cd now is 76 naira so if somebody says i'm giving you a thousand cd take it smile be happy Trust me, be happy because it's 76 naira for one. Just one CD is 76 naira now. So I'm, I'm trying to understand where we have come and how we've put where we've put ourselves. I'm talking about the microeconomic situation we find ourselves. Is this a situation of weaponized poverty where if you can't stay alive, you die off? And yet, Somewhere on the other transcript is the fact that our economy is improving. Yeah, I, I don't even want to go into that editorial right now. But the reality is the fact that people are losing their lives unaccounted for simply because of poverty, weaponized poverty. Is there any response in any Nigerian citizen? It's even worse than I have described in the last how many minutes now? It's worse than that. But this is the situation where we find ourselves. And by the way, one um, was it one minute? No, an ambassador described. Listen to what he said. He said, Nigerians had better hold the state of government responsible for underdevelopment mm -hmm, uh, than the state government, which exists at the grassroots. Given the fact that the administration of Muhammad Buhari has never failed in its responsibility of allocating money on monthly basis as revenue allocation for governors of the state. I like the blame game that goes around in this administration. From top to bottom, up, bottom up. President Buhari is the president of the nation. He has his appointees who do things. He has the governors who kind of try to work out what he is and the likes of that. I would like to round off by sharing this with you. Poverty has been weaponized in modern society. Death is the ultimate expression of power in this, our capitalist-focused society. Wealth has become the ultimate club, the ultimate expression of force, more powerful than any legal system, more enabling than any political power, more influential than any kind of charismatic leadership. Combine the use of weaponized poverty by fantastically rich who use their wealth to create opportunities of social imbalance, creating a need for education in the workforce, while at the same time providing the resources at an exorbitant price, driving everyone into debt to participate to the inescapable requirement for a degree to be hard for everyone. I can go on, but this is a thought I picked up from uh, Thaddeus Hours. But 
as a step away from the mic I, I want you to ask yourself if you are to look at yourself as a subject right now are you poor and if you can't really make up your mind let me give you a clue if you've borrowed money this month in order to stay afloat whatever the answer you have says it all thanks for listening in remember you can always get this um, podcast on all the other platforms that it's available it plays on amplifiedradio.net on itunes that's apple store uh on tuning on stitcher on Castbox. it's practically on 15 platforms almost all the regular platforms you can get top podcasts and this also goes in there send me what you think if you're pouring up on femid at live.com that's my email address and send me tweets on all the other social media platforms whether it's instagram whether it's facebook or twitter you find me at at femid live thanks for listening in and are you poor if you've borrowed money then you you know best this is femid live Great talk show unravels your thinking, makes you stop to listen, engages you in a debate of opinions. I believe this man knows what he is doing. He is a Nigerian. And ultimately brings you to the king of talk radio, Femi D. Live.